Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Harney's Funds podcast. Um, something that we wanted to reach out in these troubling times and sort of bring some insight into what we've been seeing over the past three months and, and bring it out to our clients uh, and our contacts in this industry as much as we can. My name is Philip Graham, I'm head of the Investment Funds global team here at Harney's. And joined today by Matt Tabor, who is co-head of our Cayman Funds practice. Matt, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Nice to be here. Indeed. In my um, loft. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was going to say, we should probably tell the listeners where you actually are. You are currently in your loft. Um, how, how is that working out for you? It's brilliant, actually. Uh, it's the most soundproofed and quiet room in the house at the moment. I, I wish I'd discovered it sooner with the kids at home. <laughs> and uh, it truly is special. Maybe on one of these casts, we will uh, put some video in so you can see Matt in all his sweaty glory. Absolutely. Um, to, to, to sort of begin to look at um, some, of, some of the aspects we wanted to run through, I think, I think it's important to start at the, at the beginning of 2020. Um, and really look at what we had coming in towards towards January and February. I think I think there's no doubt that the sort of Q1 2020 will will, will go down in history as a quarter that, that people will be studying for for many many years to come. Um, but in our industry, how, how did sort of January and February uh, look to you, Matt? It looked business as usual from our point of view. The end of 2019 was as hectic as we'd normally expect a Q4 to be. There was a little bit of uncertainty as to how the year might pan out, principally because a lot of people were looking towards the US elections in November. The noise about the coronavirus in, in Asia was, was happening for us on this side of the planet, but it certainly wasn't impacting the North American market at all. And we, I think we probably drifted through January and February in the same way that we would normally do, where you, you clear up things that haven't closed during the end of the previous year. And then things start to ramp up towards the end of Q1. And I'd say that was where we were sitting at the beginning of March. I think, I think, I think that's very interesting. You know, obviously, with our um, sort of deep, deep bench over in Asia uh, and our offices in, in Shanghai, Hong Kong and, uh, and Singapore, we, we were obviously hearing um, about, about COVID. Um, we were obviously understanding, talking to our colleagues there, that there, there, there was some form of effect. And, I think, I think it's very easy to rewrite history and pretend we, we, we all knew exactly what was going on uh, way back when, 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 when truly we didn't. We just didn't see you know, any, any, any material effect to, to, to the funds industry and, and to our clients at all during that period. And um, I think any, anyone that looks back at, at this quarter um, can only really begin to point at March when, when, when things began to, to move in, it in a slightly different direction. Um, and when, when they began to move, they began to move pretty violently. Um, and then so, so sort of looking at, look, looking at March and, um, and sort of the, the calls and emails that you began to, began to get, Matt, um, was, there, was there any element of, 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 of the stress funds, um, sort of queries that started trickling into your inbox or, or did it remain sort of business as usual? From the Cayman point of view, there was a bit of an odd narrative at the beginning of March. We managed to finalise our new private funds legislation. And there was a lot of discussion with clients about what that might mean for them. So registering previously unregistered funds with our monetary authority and then came and had the rather uh, ignominious 
pleasure of being put on the EU blacklist. And that was the first couple of weeks in March done for us. And really nothing started to happen with regard to the volatility that we all saw until about mid-March. And it was at that point that you got the news about various countries' lockdowns, discussions about uh, potential effects on the economy. And that was when the volatility started in earnest in the stock markets in Europe and North America. And at that point, that was when I think we started to get concerned about what the future might look like. And I think that period is probably best phrased as uncertain. I think, I think that's, a, that's a beautifully subtle description for that period. Um, I mean, you, you, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I wasn't actually going to bring up the, the blacklisting point, but, um, <laughs> but, but, but we were actually put on the, on, on the whitelist in the, in the BVI. Um, yeah. but, but, but what was very interesting about that period is, is clearly, you know, that, 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 that there was an element of, with all of the changes going through because of the economic substance legislation and the sort of the impact upon the, the, the private funds regime in, in both jurisdictions, that there was already this, this, this level of regulatory change that, that all of us were grappling with. Um, and, and to some degree, the last thing we needed was to then grapple with, with, with market uncertainty. Um, mm. But then that was thrown on, on top of us. And whilst I, I, I certainly won't, won't expect that anyone at the world's smallest violin will start playing for, for offshore funds lawyers who have to, have to grapple with those things right now. Um, but it, but, it, but it, was still, it was still a lot to juggle. Um, yep. And, and, and so when, when, when you sort of started seeing the markets doing what they were, were doing, um, did, you, did, did you get any calls from clients that were considering sort of, you know, the usual suspension gates and, and that type of thing? Or um, did, did, did you get a feel that maybe those echoes from, from 2008, 2009 uh, might, might, might be slightly different this time around? I think, well, sorry, I know my knee-jerk reaction was this might be like 2000 and eight, nine, again, yeah. we, we may see very similar circumstances that come out of a, a massive drop in value and a concern about financial security. I think, again, obviously, it's nice looking back in hindsight on this. In hindsight, we should have been a little bit more sanguine about what that looked like and the rationale for people making decisions with regard to fund investments so in open-ended space, whether or not there would actually be a significant rush for redemptions. And while during that period, we did start to get calls from clients who were looking to close down funds to suspend, to, uh, to, to close out where they were sitting. On the whole, the number of those calls came from funds that probably weren't in a very good financial space anyway. And there was not a call for, that we got which indicated that there had been a significant rush on redemptions. I mean, of course, if you look at the timing, there was unlikely to be something happening like that for end of Q1 in relation to open-ended funds because many of the notice periods would have already expired by the time we got the significant market volatility for either a monthly redemption at the end of March or a quarterly end redemption at the end of March. And uh, the closures that we saw were effectively preemptive. I think that I think that's a great point, and actually, it very neatly sort of leads on to um, what, what what we want to focus on in, in in the next podcast. Because clearly, rolling into Q two, which will be the focus of our of our of our sort of next uh, missive in this area, 
um, you, you undoubtedly saw a lot more concern. You undoubtedly saw we, we were contacted by a large number of managers that, that that wanted to just begin poking around, dusting off those documents, and, and looking at some, yeah. e even if it's just the gate uh, analysis, even if it's just you know, what else what else can we do? Talking about investor relations, talking about sort of some shareholder circulars, that kind of good stuff. Um, yeah, and and I, and I think it's. You know, I think I think it's really important that that, that, that we do look back at the uh, the lessons we all learned from from 2008 and 2009, and that's not really just you and I as 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 as, as sage as our as our as our grey hairs are. <laughs> um, I think it's really important to sort of bring in the, 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 our litigation friends as well, who who were enormously yep. helpful through that through that period, and um, we'll aim to have them join us on on the next call to uh, to touch on that. Great. Um, the, the the other the other big the other big area that you've already touched on as well is clearly all of the legislative change that's going on at the moment and it's still still rumbling um, and I think I think it's important on on one of our our later podcasts as well to begin to to talk around some of that um, clearly in Cayman there's been a lot of change there's a lot of change in BBI as well and there's a lot of change just generally in the market at the moment and and, and people looking at in, in these kind of times people looking at things like ETFs and, and whether there's going to be um, some some fundamental changes to those types of products as well, and it'd be great to get into the weeds of um, of some of the analysis there. But I think this is probably almost long enough for, for anyone to listen to the pair of us. Um, Couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah, for this for this first episode. Um, so without further ado, I'll, I'll certainly thank you for your for your time. Um, Pleasure. It's good. Um, look forward to uh, look forward to the next episode. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks very much, Phil. Pleasure. Good to speak to you. Thanks. Bye bye.